0: welcome back to the airpod guys seven days has come around it is black friday as we record this so i hope everyone had a lovely thanksgiving uh, and you're now busy picking up bargains on, <laughs> online i uh, i'm joined by itv royals producer lizzie robinson this week you're going to be helping me navigate uh, what has been quite a chaotic week. very
1: busy week yeah
0: it has been of course, as we record this, the Sussexes are away. They are on their on their break uh, right up until Christmas, and understand that they celebrated Thanksgiving privately with uh, close family, which is lovely
1: and amazing to think. This year was the celebration of their. 2 years since they announced their engagement.
0: I know I saw the post. Uh, Harry and Meghan shared a new photo from an uh, uh, an outtake from one of their wedding photo shoots taken by Alexei Lubomirsky on their Instagram account this week and uh, it just reminded me how long it has been since that day that I remember driving at a very fast but legal speed, <laughs> uh, from Oxford, because I was out of London at the time, and we got the confirmation that they were engaged.
1: Yeah, it came in about 10 o'clock, didn't it? And then they had that photo call a couple of hours later in the sunken garden at Kensington Palace. And it was bitterly, bitterly cold. Uh, but, um, yeah, a lot's happened since then.
0: It is. Uh, the cold is definitely... One of the things that we have to contend with as royal correspondents, <laughs> people think that it is such a glamorous job that you are with the the royals wherever they go, swanning in and out of uh, palaces and great great venues uh, in the way that they do. But unfortunately, no, in that's reality, not how it goes. we're normally behind a <laughs> rope. <laughs>
1: We've normally been made to get there at least an hour ahead of them. Exactly, so there's a lot of standing around,
0: standing out in the cold is my. I'm just getting over a cold at the moment, and Standing out in the cold is my absolute worst thing about covering royals because there's so much of it throughout the winter. I'm forever freezing. I find it so difficult to file <laughs> copy from my phone when my hands are seizing up in the bitter frost uh, that we have, or we almost have here. It's pretty cold now. It's
1: not, not too bad. I'm probably being come. dramatic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with someone else uh, earlier this week about this, how we stay warm uh, throughout all these... Cold royal engagements. And I I don't think you'd heard of this before when I mentioned it to you earlier, but sometimes I bring a piece of cardboard and I'll stand on that. And it was actually one of the other royal correspondents that told me about this trick. I so don't think <laughs> I've
1: ever seen you do this, but I can't wait for you to arrive. To, uh, it's just a, royal engagement it's just with a, piece a
0: small of piece of cardboard, and it's only if you're somewhere for a long period of time. You just keep it in your backpack, but it stops the cold from travelling up from the sidewalk through your <laughs> you through the soles move. of your shoes. You're just grounded. No, exactly. <laughs> you are stuck to a spot, as we often are. Uh, the hand warmers, Megan. I remember reading a story about how Megan gives hand warmers to, the, or used to give hand warmers to the guards at Kensington Palace uh, one of her friends visited her home uh, when she was living at Nottingham Cottage and she kept a box of them in the corner of the hallway and a friend was like what what are those for because it was literally a box yeah. of like 80 hand warmers and Meg was like oh I give them to the guards like whenever I walk past I just like hand them out because they last they're disposable so they last for a certain, a period certain of amount of time and then yeah yeah so she knows she knows how it works <laughs> she knows we're called.
1: <laughs> yeah we've got a lot lot worse to come I think
0: yes uh, but it has been a busy week coming up on the show we're going to talk about uh President Trump returning to the palace uh, when the Queen hosts a reception for NATO leaders. Yeah. Uh, that has been announced. We've got a full schedule from Buckingham Palace. Uh, Prince William is heading off to Oman and Kuwait for a four-day visit that begins this weekend. That's his first time in both countries, so we're going to be breaking down what he's going to be up to out there. And we're going to be deep diving into the effect that Prince Andrew's departure from his public duties have had on the monarchy because the dust has far from settled. There's
1: been a lot of a lot of fallout this week from charities and initiatives that he's involved in um, that we can look at.
0: Mm. But before then cambridges have been quite busy this week Uh, not all of it public engagements kensington ballast confirmed yesterday that the duchess of cambridge has spent uh, the past two days this week at a hospital in the uk at kingston hospital which is an nhs hospital uh, learning more about their work as part of her early years intervention project Uh, that's basically taking a look at how our experiences between birth and uh, sort of our first five years affects us later on in life and this is all part of a bigger project that she's been working on for I want to say a couple of years now
1: yeah she her work around early years development and supporting children and their parents she's she's worked a lot on this in recent years and she's spoken about how this is her real commitment that she has you know with her royal work she's really committed to this and she's spoken about wanting to make a difference on a generational time scale um and so we've seen a lot of work from her this year and i think next year is going to be a really big year for her in this area Uh, so yeah she went to the maternity unit just to for a couple of days uh to to learn more um it's sort of private visit background work which they do quite a lot of
0: they do i think a lot of people don't realize that You know, before we see uh, a member of the Royal Family announced as a patron of an organisation or before they launch a big project, usually there have been months of meetings behind closed doors, private visits, you know, whenever when Megan launched her four patronages at the start of this year. We found out with each one when they were announced that she had been several times without anyone knowing. And this is the same with, uh, with Kate's visit to the hospital this week. But I think this for her, it's been a real long time coming, this project. Uh, from the conversations I've had with aides at Kensington Palace, it is really going to be the big focus from early next year right up until the summer. We'll see a lot of work announced around that. I'm really looking forward to it because we've heard so much about it. Um and uh now it's time to see the goods <laughs> <laughs> and Prince William was very busy this week too uh he had a visit uh all part of his heads up initiative uh which is really focusing on m- the subject of mental health amongst men, particularly men in their 30s and above in the football or soccer community and so he visited West Bromwich Albion which is a football club soccer club here in the UK uh, where he spoke with a lot of the players about um, toxic masculinity and the pressures of social media that even older men face as well particularly older men in the public eye had a conversation with one of the players there about uh, the criticism that they receive on social media asking it does does it bother them and uh, you know they spoke about sort of that pressure that they feel to sort of react in a very macho way when actually sometimes this stuff hurts and it's okay to talk about that.
1: Yeah I think well we were talking about you know Kate's commitment around earlier's development William has really put a lot of time this year into Uh, mental health and particularly men's mental health and this Heads Up campaign is a partnership that's been created between the Football Association and his mental health project Heads Together and it's trying to use football as a way of getting men to talk about their mental health and and open up and he spent a lot of time this year uh, visiting different projects and different clubs, um, meeting different people and and getting them to try and talk about uh, mental health.
0: It's great to see that continue because I think sometimes it's very easy to launch a campaign and sort of that's that, move on to the next thing. But I think that this has been really consistent and I think we'll see him continue like this throughout the football season. Um, And it's clearly having an impact because uh, when you look at the comments on social media when uh, the football club posts their videos or when the FA Williams of course president of the Football Association and a big football fan and a big football fan. fan so I think it it is a natural fit and what he's doing really seems to be resonating with the fans the players and people around the UK I think even outside of the sort of like older male community uh, these are words that kind of resonate with everyone
1: and I think it shows the kind of impact that working royals can have when they decide to really highlight an issue you mm-hmm. know, and focus on it and bring it to to people's attention
0: especially one that i think that they personally connect with um and that's why it's so important for them i think it's why when we look at the kind of gamut of philanthropic interests that all of the younger royal member family members have they all have much less patronages they work on less projects than yeah. we see you know we'll talk about prince andrew later in the show but he had 230 230 It's an extraordinary number and You yeah. wonder how c- can you have any kind of impact when you know there's barely enough days in the year to even focus on one, on, on one at a time Yeah so I think
1: we've seen with the younger ones they've they've got less but they've also really tried to all focus on different areas so that they can rather than all concentrating on the same thing that they can have an impact across a, a range of issues
0: Definitely. But outside of the work that William's doing, he is a future monarch. And so we do see him uh, also picking up investitures along the way. Now that's something that the Queen really used to do most of the time. And now it's very much Charles and William that's carrying out the majority of those. Um, I want to give a big congratulations (laughs) to uh, Communications Secretary at Buckingham Palace, Marnie Gaffney, if you have followed the royals for any amount of time you'll know Marnie as one of the key members of the communications team of Buckingham Palace and she was presented a Royal Victorian Order which is basically a knighthood that honours your work for or your service for the royal family and she's been a long-time member of the communications team now working for the Sussexes.
1: Yeah she was she played a big part in their uh, tour of uh, tour to southern Africa. So.
0: Yes, she is a queen of tours, definitely. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, <laughs> Marnie, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and then William, of course, is off to Kuwait and Amman yep, this Yeah, he
1: goes on Sunday. He arrives in, in Kuwait on Sunday, and then he's there until uh, Wednesday, the 4th of December, visiting um, both Kuwait and Amman.
0: It's his first official visit to both countries, the trips at the request of the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. Um, I think we're seeing William do a lot more of these kind of visits where it's just him. He's there in a very kind of statesman-like capacity. And, uh, you know, the focus of this trip is highlighting the security concerns of the country, but also the sort of UK uh, relationship that they have, particularly when it comes to business.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting seeing that he's he's going back to the Middle East after his very successful tour Mm. there last year. He's... His tours definitely, I think, are positioning him more in a statesman-like position, don't you think?
0: Definitely. I think what's always difficult with trips like this is how do you tell the story of the trip in an impactful way? Because I remember once at a different news organisation that I worked at, and I remember trying to pitch a trip of... It was William going away somewhere by himself. And my editor turned around and he said, well, it's just a man in a suit in another country. You know, how how can we tell that story? And I think that we've really seen a concerted effort from Kensington Palace to make sure that visually these trips are exciting, that the stuff that he's doing is more than just visiting other state leaders and uh, other older men, shall we say. Yeah,
1: and also sort of getting out of you know cities and buildings so you know i work in television and you need you're right you need to be able to tell a story in pictures as well as words and so you know it it needs to be visually interesting so for example on this trip he's going to visit the Qat desert and he'll be um which will be you know in, in a traditional Qat uh QAT tent so that that sounds like it's going to look visually interesting
0: exactly and there's a real focus on uh, sort of highlighting the beautiful landscapes the diverse communities of yeah, each he's country be in the
1: wadis in the amani mountains um, yeah you're right they say that, that, that he's going to visit beautiful landscapes diverse communities
0: and of course and not only is he doing following an itinerary that's set for him I think we see some things in there that are also a reflection of what he's interested in. So uh, he'll be talking with, uh, with leaders about Kuwait and Amman's plans to conserve environments and natural habitats. And so again, that kind of ties in with his own personal conservation interests. And of course, back here in the UK, it is not quiet because the Queen's going to be hosting a reception for NATO leaders at Buckingham Palace on the 3rd of December.
1: That's to mark 70 years of the alliance as leaders coming in from across the world uh, for NATO.
0: Yes, uh, the UK is one of NATO's 12 founding members. Uh, London was the home of its first headquarters, so it's a natural fit. We will, of course, see uh, Donald Trump, the President (laughs) of the United States, visiting as well. So it will be very interesting. I thought uh, quite punchy that he attacked the alliance recently, describing it, I think in a recent tweet, as obsolete and disproportionately too expensive and unfair for the US. So that might make for quite an an
1: interesting couple of days. But I think one of the interesting things is the reception that the Queen will host, like you said, on the 3rd. Um, She will obviously be there and senior members of the family are joining her, but there's one very notable... Person that's absent.
0: There is um, no Prince Andrew. No, and I think this will be the first of many instances where his presence would normally be expected. You know, he's the son of, 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 of the current reigning monarch. He
1: was involved in the state visit very prominently. The, the people joining the Queen uh, at the reception: uh, Charles and Camilla, Duchess of Cambridge, Prince Edward, Princess Anne. So his siblings. Will all be going? But now he's announced that he's stepping back from public duties. Of course, he can't attend.
0: And of course, there will be other absences. But Prince William, mm-hmm. as we know, is on his four-day visits, and there's no way he can be in two places yeah, at once. but
1: the Duchess of Cambridge will will be attending
0: exactly. And the Sussexes are yeah. on official leave at the moment, so there are no expectations for them to be there. I think it's quite normal. We've seen members of the royal family on absence. Uh, on their own personal leave in the past
1: and we know they're away so that they're not even in the country to attend
0: it's a long time trip that they're on I think we're really going to see them away until Christmas as far as I'm aware which good for them I remember having a conversation with uh with one of their aides and I was like I know they're gonna work (laughs) I know they're gonna end up working and they said no they actually really quite welcome the break they need it
1: yeah and and probably being away and back home for Megan in the US
0: exactly and we're going to take a little break of our own but when we come back we'll be diving into the Prince Andrew saga and to see how it's affected other members of the royal family and how the weeks ahead are looking as well well it's been just over a week since Prince Andrew announced that he'd be taking a step back from his public and royal duties um, but as I mentioned earlier the dust has far from settled Lizzie I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I I thought last week would kind of be wrapping up the reaction to this and sort of we would move on and the subject would really kind of become a thing of the past. But as the days go by, we now have a new documentary coming from the BBC on a show called Panorama. One of Epstein's accusers, Virginia Roberts, has given a very in-depth interview Uh, covering a lot of the allegations against Prince Andrew. And that will no doubt give this story more fuel.
1: Yeah, that will air on Monday at nine o'clock. We've seen a very short clip so far. Um, But the panorama was due to only air for half an hour uh, on Monday evening. And we found out yesterday that that's been extended now to an hour. Uh, So... Uh, we know it contains an interview with Virginia mm. roberts so.
0: and for for you know for, for background, this interview actually took place before Prince Andrew's newsnight interview mm-hmm. uh the infamous interview now that I think clips of that are still aired every day
1: every day it's in the papers here every day it still. has
0: dominated the front pages um so this interview took place three weeks before that interview, of course, now, as a result of that interview. I believe uh, that the show has gone back to Ms. Roberts uh, to speak to her once more. Hence, why we're now looking at a longer show. But I think that this will not be a chance, not only be a chance for her to tell her story, but perhaps also to address some of the accusations that have been made against her in the past week. Um, now. We could talk about that for for a long time. But Mm -hmm. I think that the bigger picture here is that this isn't something that just affects the Yorks or Prince Andrew. This is something that has had a huge knock-on effect on the royal family. We've seen polls in various news organisations in the past week suggesting that this has had an effect on the reputation of the monarchy in this country. It has changed the way certain people feel about supporting the royal family, of course, the royal family is taxpayer funded here in the UK, or part taxpayer funded, and you know that doesn't look like it will change too. As, as, as you know, as we stepped in here, I think you were receiving emails from different organisations that Andrew has been affiliated with, yeah, denouncing him. We
1: saying earlier, um, Prince Andrew is patron or involved in a, a huge number of charities. I think around more than two hundred, and. Um, you know, every every day this week or most days this week we've heard from various charities saying that uh, following his announcement that he's going to be stepping back from public duties that he has uh, either resigned or the decision has been made that he'll step down as patron of um, charities. And as we came in here to record this we heard from another one called uh, the Golf Foundation which is a charity that helps young people enjoying the benefits of golf um and they they announced that he would he would be stepping down as uh they said that the board of trustees of the golf foundation has taken the decision to end its association with the duke of york as patron of the charity and that's just one of a, a mm. list that we i was going to say week. that
0: i have probably read that sentence in okay. a good sort of 50 or so emails in the past week um
1: and there's some of you know there's some of these charities that he uh inherited uh the patronage from uh, other members of his family there's one here called the Outward Bound Charity and uh, he, he became patron of that earlier this year taking on the role from his father the Duke of Edinburgh who'd held the role since 1953 mm. so it's been, it's been in the family for a very long time but he's resigned from that and that's just one of a list you know, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra the English National Ballet Action on Hearing he's stepped down as the Chancellor of a University um, some of these charities have said they've met with him personally to discuss it others say they've met with his team but um
0: i think the big loss here for a lot of these charities is that we've spoken on previous episodes of the podcast about the impact it has having a royal patron um you know whilst it may be one visit every other year that one visit is enough to have a snowball effect when it comes to donations and just increased exposure traffic on the website whatever it is and I think it's such a shame that there are 200 plus organizations that now have lost that ability to be as visible as they once were and you know we're at a time when the queen is reducing her number of patronages Mm. so this also puts pressure on other members of the royal family to take on or potentially take on more because I would imagine that a lot of these organisations you know the English National Ballet for example aren't going to be without a royal patron for long but it's then figuring out who picks that up. Yeah
1: because as Uh, we were saying it is it is a lot of work you know the work that goes on behind the scenes the visits and you know as we were saying earlier them not wanting to be have too many patches and spread themselves too thinly
0: Mm. Uh, but this has also been a time where i think we've seen um, other members of the royal family step up at a time where it's very much needed Uh, we've seen reports in the last week about prince charles's uh, hand in the decision uh, for andrew to step back from public duties obviously it is the queen's final say on something like this but as the future queen As the future king himself, he, of course, uh, very much has a say in that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we knew that following the interview, there'd been ongoing discussions kind of between senior members of the family. So that's, you're looking at the top tier of the family, trying to stabilise this and come together to work out what to do.
0: So this would have included the Duke of Cambridge as well, and his private secretary, Simon Case, I would have imagined that all of the senior private secretaries would have very much been involved in this.
1: But as you say, you know, the the Queen is still uh, the monarch, and it would have come down to her. But it is showing them all coming together and working together to to do what's best for for the future of the monarchy.
0: In some ways, I would imagine that what's happening right now does somewhat align with the vision that Prince Charles had for the future of the royal family. Anyway, it was you know it was widely reported. I think it was in 2012 that he was very much in favor of a slim down royal family uh really with just focus on i guess the sort of top five or six members of the royal family in terms of hierarchy um because there are of course many members of the royal family you know we don't always talk about the wessexes we don't always talk about uh uh, the Gloucesters, but every single one of them are working members of the royal family.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the Princess Royal is one of the hardest working members of the she family, is. isn't she? She's the
0: unspoken champ. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, um, you know, you're talking about those polls and some of them have supported, in the wake of this, a slimmed down version.
0: How do you think the days ahead are looking? Because, we, we're, you know, we're on the cusp of this interview, new interview coming out. The story is not going to go away. This is going to have an impact on his daughters, who are part-time working royals. Yeah. It's it, it, this is really going to dominate the headlines for some time.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like this is going anywhere. Um, you know, from the the charities, like we were saying, uh, every day there's announcements of changes of patronage, and then you know his his own personal initiatives. You know, his pitch at Palace, we've seen uh, sponsors pull out over the last few weeks. Mm. There was an announcement that, you know, that he'll, while he'll still be involved in pitch, it's going to have to operate as a private initiative and separate to the Palace. But I think that still remains to be seen, whether he can make that work privately yeah. and whether, you know, with all these big sponsors pulling out with the whether that still can operate
0: well the pitch pitch at palace initiative was great you know it supported young people young entrepreneurs who were looking for investments or funding for fantastic business ideas and it was a really great initiative but as you say without those sponsors there's really no point in running it yeah
1: i mean we've seen you know the the founding one of the founding partners kpmg they're not renewing their contract We've heard from Standard Chartered, Barclays, in the last week have pulled their support in light of the current situation, which leaves very few names that are still sponsoring mm. it. So they're now going to have to find more people to. And this
0: is in this it. is something that Andrew wanted to continue doing. I think, in fact, when I recorded last week's episode, I had referred to a trip that he was planning to take to Bahrain. Yeah. Uh, It for the Pitch at Palace initiative. And that was something that he wanted to continue despite everything that had happened. To him, it was private work. So it didn't come under the category of sort of public royal duties. And so he wanted to continue doing that. I ended up (laughs) removing that from the podcast because as we were going through the edits, uh, it was announced that he would no longer be going. Uh, It was also announced that Amanda Thirsk, his private secretary, had resigned from her position or some reports allege that she was forced to resign but I think suddenly we're now seeing everything fall apart for him
1: Yeah, but I think the the interesting thing is about the royal family is there's always business as usual particularly for the Queen you know within minutes of that statement coming out last week from the Duke of York she was out in an engagement she's been at an engagement this week looking you know very cheery and engaged as she always does she's a the absolute professional and you know, William's been at an engagement Kate's been back at work they, they are all carrying on business as usual and, and getting on with it and they've ridden out storms like this in the past and exactly it seems like they're going to attempt to do exactly the same thing here
0: well the British royal family is very much the kind of backbone of our country we need our queen to be yeah. stoic uh, we don't want to see you know I think while things may be clearly falling apart for Prince Andrew we don't want to see that have an effect on the rest of the fam- royal family because if it does, the results of that could be devastating for for years to come.
1: And I think one of the, the things that was picked up widely this week was Prince Charles arrived back in the UK from his tour <laughs> abroad to New Zealand, which was you know, he was out there
0: I laugh because I know <laughs> I, I love this story. But he
1: was out there doing, you know, highlighting great causes mm. climate change for one which is obviously a particular concern for him and that all got slightly overshadowed by the prince andrew newsnight interview but he flew back and went straight to sandringham which is where his father the duke mm. of edinburgh lives most a of the visit year.
0: that was described as an emergency summit <laughs> to sit down with andrew and then it transpired that it was actually a meeting about organic farming <laughs> with something completely separate to all of this which does again highlight just how much work does continue for the royals? You know, nobody stops for a minute. You know, the Queen, as we spoke about earlier, will be hosting this NATO reception at Buckingham Palace. Uh, The people who I feel, really feel for, are the Duke of York's daughters, because I think that these are two young women who work very hard. They have full-time jobs. And on top of that, they also work as part-time working royals so they have their own patronages they do their own charity work they're very much involved in their own initiatives and you know Princess Eugenie was out on the night that Prince Andrew's statement came out at a fundraiser for an elephant organization but I think it's great to see them kind of out and about still I actually very randomly uh, was sat a few tables away from Princess Beatrice and eduardo at a restaurant in london this week and she looks she looked well you know and i think it's great to see them putting on i guess a brave face and not letting someone else's problems overshadow their own lives you know she's going through a really great time at the moment she has a wedding coming up but there's still so much to celebrate within that family unfortunately that doesn't include their father
1: yeah i mean the Both the girls, actually, Prince Beatrice and Princess, usually have both been photographed out and about in in London or arriving at Royal Lodge, which is where Prince Andrew lives. One thing we do know about the Yorks is that they're incredibly supportive of each other. And, you know, even though Sarah Ferguson and Prince Andrew haven't been together for many years, they've always shown a united family front. So I suspect, but probably behind closed doors, they're massively supporting him while he's going through this and each other
0: absolutely well not even behind closed doors we've seen Sarah Ferguson post twice on Instagram around the time of Andrew's Newsnight interview that she was very proud of him that for, she was
1: with him every step of the way
0: which is great you know I think she was very much criticized for that but listen you don't know how that situation would be for you as uh, the mother of two daughters with Still living with the man that is kind of at the centre of this controversy, and I think that it's very easy for us to judge from the outside, but of course it's very different within within the kind of family confines. Yeah. This all said, there is still so much going on in the world of the royals. I actually had a really lovely uh, outing this week for the Diana Awards. It was a night it's an inaugural celebration they have, uh, and it just, they had. Uh, hired out a venue in Greenwich in southeast London Mm -hmm. is it southeast London Mm -hmm. I should know this (laughs) I live across the river from it Um, and it's a night that celebrates uh, 20 young leaders from different parts of the world and the humanitarian work that they're engaged with and it was possibly the most inspiring event I've been to in the past year. And you know as well as I do, we go to a lot. Yeah, we but do. some of these kids were as young as 11 years old. Wow. Starting up their own organisations. I sat with a really impressive woman, Muna Hassan. Uh, she was sat at my table. And from a young age, she really pushed for the conversations about FGM, female genital mutilation, in the UK, outside of countries that we usually associate with it uh, because of course even over here it is a widespread issue I think 20,000 women a year are, are, are at risk in this country of that and she started an initiative that started the conversation about FGM in schools amongst girls in the UK uh, particularly she was uh, based in Bristol uh, she started an organization that now focuses on that they also speak about uh, domestic violence other women's issues and these are kids that i mean i almost feel like i'm patronizing them by calling them kids because i was a kid and i was doing kid things but these are kids that have dedicated their lives to helping others and i think the diana awards as princess you know set up in her name she was very much a champion of young people much like William and Harry are now Diana said that young people were the future that they are our future voices and this night honoured 20 of them Uh, Charles Spencer Her brother was there, uh, spoke very warmly about Diana and the work that she had done. Uh, Had a really nice conversation with him just about sort of how well Harry and Meghan have been doing in terms of championing young people, because I think more than any other member of the royal family, they have really focused on youth. So if you do want to know any more about that, and I encourage you, if you want a few feel good stories for your Thanksgiving weekend, (laughs) wherever you are. In the world. Uh, do look up Diana Award. just uh, give it a search, it'll be the first thing that comes up. Uh Really amazing stories there. Lizzie, it has been such a joy to have you with Thank me. Thank you
1: for having me again. Week.
0: I hope that next time you're here we can talk about something a little bit more positive.
1: <laughs> or maybe something more festive.
0: Exactly. Uh, the royal calendar for the weeks ahead looks pretty quiet and that's quite normal, I think. We yeah, don't yeah. often see royals particularly busy in the month of november
1: a busy week next week of course for the duke of cambridge but um but yeah other than that things are quietening down she says
0: yeah <laughs> he spoke too soon, spoke too soon.
1: <laughs> should never say that
0: and that just about wraps us up for this week uh join us next week for more fun and frolics on the royal beat hopefully things will be a little bit more upbeat next time but I cannot guarantee that Uh, thank you again for all your lovely comments and reviews I was checking them out on iTunes the other day and uh, it's so great to see how much some of you guys are enjoying the show so do keep them coming five stars only are appreciated Uh, if you want to reach out to the show you can just use the hashtag #TheAirPods and send it to me on twitter at scoby s-c-o-b-i-e I'm always trawling through to see what you guys are saying I'd love to hear your comments and suggestions and your questions. If you have burning questions, we will in the future be diving into those on an episode of the show. Uh, Big thanks to Mike Dubuski and Anthony Alley in New York for bringing this all together. Um, That is the only way that this show can work. Uh, So big props to you guys. I hope everyone is having a lovely Thanksgiving weekend. And until the next episode, see you next time.